This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Above. Who are the surprises? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. There's no type of question that comes more commonly in this direction than the ones I just mentioned. It's never really all that much about how's Ben looking, or for that matter, this year, how is Najee looking. It's always about the names that you haven't heard or maybe the names that you weren't expecting. I'm going to give you a bunch of those. I'm going to give you three of them today on offense and three of them tomorrow on defense. And you can do with them as much or as little as you please because you have to understand that the context here so far is not a single game has been played and only a couple of practices were conducted in pads. So, again, take this information too seriously at your own peril. All right? First name. This will be a familiar name. Anthony McFarland. Anthony McFarland might have been relegated to a distant third status on the running back depth chart last year as a rookie behind James Conner and Benny Snell. Didn't get many snaps, didn't get much action, and really didn't enter this camp with expectations above having to beat out Snell for the backup spot behind Harris. But he's done more than that. He's done more than that. Watching McFarland closely, he has looked very much like a player who now understands that, unlike when he was at Maryland, not every good play has to go for 75 yards with the Ohio State Buckeyes chasing you down the field. He's now seeing, hmm, this play is setting up as a two-yard gain, but if I do this or that, I could make it a four, I could make it a five. And that seems to be serving him well. He also looks physically stronger, which is something that you would expect in year two of NFL conditioning and nutrition. He's also shown more than a little capability of catching passes out of the backfield, including deeper downfield. That's been a neat thing to add. Understand that the Matt Canada offense occasionally has two running backs 
lining up next to the quarterback, sometimes both to the right of the quarterback. When you picture that in your head, what are you seeing? You're seeing a fullback and a tailback. That's not what's happening here. It's two running backs. McFarland could be used as a nice threat or balance to Harris out there so that when Harris is lined up, wherever he's lined up, it doesn't come with any element of predictability. McFarland's shown well to date. Now, let's see how he does Thursday night in Canton against the Cowboys. Let's see how he does in the remainder of the preseason schedule. You will see a lot of him. He'll be out there with the football in his hands a lot. You will not be left wondering what you think of Anthony McFarland a month from now. Before I get to my other two, allow me to share that you can choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees at Point Park University. Find out more about this at Point Park's downtown Pittsburgh campus or online or in a flexible hybrid format. Check out pointpark.edu. Again, that's pointpark.edu. My second guy, surprise guy on offense, is Rico Bussey. And if you've heard the name Rico Bussey, you're spending way too large a percentage of your life following Pittsburgh's NFL franchise. Bussey has been most impressive to me from the standpoint of getting noticed at all, given who the wide receivers are on this depth chart. But starting with what he's actually done, he has made plays on the football. He's made combat catches. He's gone up for balls, fought for them, and came down with them. Once he's come down, he's shown good balance, good footwork. He continues running after the catch. He's done a pretty nice job of route running, at least to whatever we can discern of route running to this phase of camp. And this is why I'm going to keep saying again and again to you that we need to see game-type situations. But you're going to see them for Bussy. You're going to see him maybe more in the third and the fourth quarter than you will in the first couple, but that's okay too. Uh, ideally, the Steelers are going to keep ensuring that he's involved and ensuring that there are footballs being sent his way. You want to reward someone, and Mike Tomlin's a big believer in this, who shows well in the lesser drills, in the stuff that you don't think come with as much glitz and glamour. And, man, Bussy's done that. Bussy's done that against every reasonable set of odds. Because when you're coming in to a wide receiver classroom that's got James Washington as its number four, you've got no chance. You've got no chance of cracking that offense unless, you know, multiple guys go down with injuries. Realistically, Bussy's best chance of making this team is exactly what you're thinking right now as well, and that's that he's got to catch the eye of Danny Smith and get a job on special teams. Great. 
Great. Do it on both fronts. Rise up. You know, surprise, surprise. Here's my last guy. It's Rashad Coward. In fact, Rashad Coward is my main dude. Like, I want to get a Rashad Coward jersey and just wear it walking through the strip district, even though it'll just say Coward on the back. He's my guy. He is absolutely my guy so far in camp. Why? Well, he's a fourth-year NFL guy who's only seen six starts spread out over a couple of years with the Vikings. He's a practice squad guy. He's also a really, really big guy, 6'4", 320. And he has been running with the ones at left guard, not Kevin Dotson. It's been Coward, not Dotson. Now, you can choose to read into that whatever you want. You can believe that it's just the alignment that's being set up for the Hall of Fame game. I'm not buying it. If there's one positional area on this football team that absolutely cannot afford to be taking a week or two off, it's the offensive line. Believe you me, if Tomlin and Adrian Clem had their guys ready to go, they'd all be out there Thursday night. Maybe not Trey Turner, the veteran, but probably even him. They'd have everybody out there, probably for both of the first two quarters. And then they'd have them out there again for the other three preseason games. These guys need every possible snap together that they can get. And yet, and yet, it's coward running with the ones. Maybe that's because, or partially because, Dotson had an injury last week that Mike Tomlin described as minor. Dotson's completely healthy and back now. Maybe it's because the coaches are still mad at Dotson for whatever reason that they were mad. And I'm going to revisit this for the millionth time because there was a lot of misunderstanding about this. When I put out my original report a month and a half ago that the coaches were mad at Dotson, it got twisted and contorted by other outlets, other places, other social media to say that I was suggesting Dotson was out of shape when I never wrote any such thing. It's right there in black and white what I wrote originally. But you know how that goes. Once it takes off somewhere, that's just how it's going to get interpreted. I never wrote that. What I wrote was that the coaches were mad at him, and I didn't know why. You know why I didn't know why? Because they didn't tell me why. Nobody told me why. I just heard that they were mad at him. So maybe this has something to do with the minor injury. Maybe they're still mad at him. But you know what else is a possibility? That Coward has just performed well. Nothing wrong with that. Every once in a while, the light can come on for somebody a little bit later than others. Like I said, big dude, some pedigree, been around. Maybe he studied his playbook a lot harder. Maybe he impressed the coaches in some other ways, but he's been the guy running with the ones, and rather than turn this into a negative, I'd focus on the positive. Coward is looking like a guy who could challenge for a spot on this offensive line, and i got to tell you, he's not the only one, meaning out of the unusual names 
And I love to see that. Let's see real competition with the big boys up front. When we come back, just one question. That's always brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region to their clients for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-842. Five four five four. Today's question comes from Zach Kaufman, who says, DK, after the first few days of Steelers training camp, what are your realistic expectations for the all-around player we can expect from Najee Harris? Average rookie season or transcendent talent? Zach, you might not like this answer. Because my answer is going to begin with an assessment of Harris that goes like this. He's excellent at running the football. He's light on his feet. He attacks holes. He kind of floats through the holes. I don't know how else to paint that for you. You're going to have to see him for yourself in preseason games to know what I'm talking about. Feels like he's about a foot off the ground and he just kind of levitates forward. He's a lot of fun to watch running the ball. He's just as fun, and I'm talking about same level fun when it comes to catching the ball out of the backfield. His hands, his arms are strong. He's authoritative in claiming the football. He's also really smart and sharp when it comes to route running. And I'm going to be no less effusive about his blocking because even though he's all these things that I just described, he's also 240 solid bleeping pounds. And he's taking on in this camp the linebackers, the defensive linemen who are making it through. And he's shutting them down. Doesn't mean his technique is perfect. Doesn't mean he, you know, he still doesn't have a whole lot to to learn. He does. He does. But he's been really impressive. And it's if it sounds like I'm building up toward a great big but dot dot dot, that's because I am. That's because this offensive line, unless it gets together in both the literal and figurative senses here soon. What Harris does out of the backfield won't matter because his only challenge will be beating a bunch of defensive tackles in the backfield. And that's a no-win situation. I don't care if you're a prime of his career, Barry Sanders. That's a no-win situation. It's a no-gain situation. The Steelers have to get this offensive line thing sorted out sooner rather than later. Yes, you can foster competition, 
Yes, you can continue to do that deep into camp, but you've also got to reward the guys who are performing their best right now and start sticking by them when it comes to running with the ones. Figure it out. Figure it out. Because there's a lot of work to do ahead or all of Najee Harris's talent, not to mention everything else that the Steelers have on that side of the ball is just going to get blown up. And I mean blown up badly. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Reminder, again, tomorrow I'm going to be doing my three surprise players on defense. Thank you.